and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name is Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And sometimes TV shows like last week when we talked about series that are great, phenomenal, our favourite, but then let down in the last season. Not the last episodes, the last season. Mm. We were looking at our top five uh, least favourite series finales, as in the last season. Um, and some interesting picks on that one, James. Yeah, there were some interesting ones. Ones that you didn't see coming. Some convincing ones. You oh, pulled the X-Files and Killing Eve out of the bag, did, and I did, didn't think yeah. of them ones, you know. I went here's for the classics, I went for Dexter. But then here's with Scrubs, which was a, a very personal one, which I, you definitely... Scrubs agreed. hurt. It hurt. If we were doing last last episode, can't be it. The Golden Goose is Quantum Leap. We're at the end. It, there's a screen card it just says he never made it at home like fuck you fan base <laughs> so there you go well, at least we, that's how we're going to go out we, one episode just randomly we'll go and James and Aaron never recorded again <laughs> I think we would just go silently into yeah, the night yeah, gotcha. I think we would just, like now. just yeah. people would be like is the next episode coming and it also, we'll sign off like see you next week and then it won't happen and it won't happen yeah. uh, we'll go because silently. the computer will die the computer will die one day and, and, and then all our software and, and everything's gone but that today is not that day, James. Oh, not today. Today we're doing a fun one. Uh, we're going to look at, it's quite. A, it's just an idea that I pitched to James. I said, how about we, because we, we, we're a bit older now. We we've are got some older. years behind us. Your priorities have changed, mate. Why don't we look at our favourite film from each year for every year that we've been alive? So I was born in 1987, so I'm going to start my journey there. I'm going to start mine at 1986. And then we've, so you'll go first. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> we will, we'll, what is your favourite film? Now, this podcast has done episodes on the 90s, for example. We've looked at every year in the 90s and crowned our favourite films. So there's going to be some repetition. There's And also there's very little surprises here. We talk about our favourite films all the time. <laughs> and also the last couple of years since we've been doing this podcast, we've, we've crowned an end of year favourite film. Yeah. So some of them are going to pop up. But I've tried to keep my list as not necessarily the best film of that year, but maybe my favourite or the film I've probably watched the most from that year. Fair enough. To try and spice it up a little bit and to keep it a little bit different, um, you know, some different recommendations. So if you're playing along, hopefully we cover some of the years that you, uh, that you've been on the planet and then we'll, James and I will discuss. Maybe we've got some crossover, but that is it this week. No movie talk, no reviews this week. We're just knee deep in years. Knee deep in years. So take us back, James, 1986. Take, Take you back, mate. I'll take you back to the 21st of August when I burst into this world mate what was showing at the cinema well at the cinema we had Aliens Platoon Highlander all options ones I could have picked mate contenders they were contenders however you know me and you know I'm a little slut for a bit of John Carpenter mate so time to get your Kurt Russell stick him in a vest mate and give me Big Trouble in Little Chinatown 86. 86. I mean, cracking year, that. I mean, Aliens and Platoon. I love Aliens and Platoon. I did it. One of your birthday episodes a few years back, I, I worked backwards from the 21st of August to try and find out what movie inspired your parents to go home and make love. Yes, you did. And, yeah. um, did you remember when we gave a shit? <laughs> when we Research. <laughs> when we did that, yeah. No, but 1986, yeah, I think I think you're right. And I know you're gutted that Chris Pratt's going to don the vest. I am pissed. That's what I am. The only, I'll only, do you know what? Genuinely, I could only think of Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion for everything. That's good. Yeah. Whenever he cast Barbie, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Big Trouble as well is an odd one in that it is a, it's batshit that film. It's batshit. And also, it's one of these great films. And there's an episode that we're going to do in the future about uh, side characters that steal a show that the main character of Kurt, Kurt fucking Russell in 86 mm. is superfluous to the story. He makes no difference. It's not about him. It's about a sidekick who, who's fighting for the love of his life. And Kurt Russell's just there in a vest. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I've got to tell you, two years two years earlier than the uh, the vest wearing hero with no shoes. 
which leads us nicely into uh, yeah when we get to eighty eight. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the maybe Chris Pratt is 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 the absolute best candidate then because he's been in a whole plethora of films where he's the main star, but he's fucking useless. He's <laughs> all else has carried the film. Good point. <laughs> I, do you know what? I think it's unfair. He's played a character, sorry, that's useless in the scenario. So there's um, you know, we talk about gatekeeping, and gatekeeping is a big thing now that people talk about. I. I I think I'm a gatekeeper, you know. I feel like I feel like there's certain films that because they're mine, I grew up with them. I am quite protective of them, and it's not fair because you know what, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown has some very stereotypical acting in it. Maybe you know, especially James Wong's character who, who plays the villain. You know, he he was probably told to ham it up to eleven, and maybe maybe he's right that it's getting changed. Is it Kim Cattrall in that as well? Kim, unfortunately, Kim Cattrall is also in this film. And that's I like not- Kim Cattrall. I don't like a Sex in the City stuff, but I do like Kim Cattrall. Isn't she in Police Academy? No. She fucking is. Is it she? I've, I'm not Googling it. I don't want that in my search history. I'll have Leonard Nimoy, the director of Three Men and a Baby, but I won't have Kim Cattrall in Police Can. I'm sure it's Kim Cattrall. All right. My, um, let's go to 1987, because we haven't got enough time. You know, we haven't got out of the 80s. We'll be still in the 80s. We're going to try and keep this episode Unfortunately, contained. we're old. We've, we've got places to go. Do you want me to go again? Uh, no, I'll go, because now we'll go. Oh, that makes me, sense. Yeah, 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 there so you go. 87, there's two films that stick out. The films that I've seen the most... The ones that I'm most passionate about, Lethal Weapon, Ooh. The Lost Boys. Oh my God, they're cracking. Didn't even see The Lost Boys in this 87? Yeah, 1987, oh my yeah. God. So I'm, but I, we did a Lethal Weapon episode recently. We talked about how the first one's great and then they, they somewhat kind of start to slide afterwards. Yeah. Um, Riggs and Murtop, very passionate about them. I love that first one. I love Mr. Joshua. Yeah, you do, based but on I shot. I think yeah. I'm giving it to Lost Boys and I'll tell you for why, James. You tell me why, sir. I've always liked Lost Boys and I've always liked vampire movies. I've always liked Kiefer Sutherland. Sometimes a film can be heightened by your experience watching it. Yes. You, me, and Sam had a jolly good evening watching The Lost Boys. We hit peak. It was a good <laughs> after. We did an episode on The Lost Boys. A one lot of, of people our, I know uh, say that it's one of their favorite episodes that we've done. It was on one this of podcast. the first play by plays we did as well. We sat there with notepads. And I thought, I, whenever I think of The Lost Boys now, I think back to that summer when you, me, and Sam watched that film. And we had a pizza and we laughed and we we loved it. It was like watching it for the first time. And that's special. That is, you do this what? list is all about what could you go back and rewatch for the first time. That's that's actually really nice that you said that's a special. I'm with you. I remember having a, because I know it sounds really weird. I had a square pizza. It was the first time I had a square pizza because you and Sam have been raving about it for ages. I had a mouth full of it and then turned on the TV and we had greased up uh, uh, Sean Michael's saxophone. Mate, what beginning? What beginning? I, however... Yeah, sorry, Kim Cattrall was in Police Academy. I know she was, mate. I, I'm not proud of this. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that was a fact. Okay, that big bang was James... We've actually stopped and had to... Edit. Edit, because <laughs> uh, you, you were so happy with yourself and knowing Kim Cattrall was in Police Academy no, that you... you I, didn't, I didn't kick over any microphone. You kicked over my microphone. <laughs> you kicked over your microphone. <laughs> the long dancer's legs, mate. That's what it is. The long dancer's legs. Um, there's a recurring theme in mind that you, you're going to see the same names pop up. Uh, 1987 for me was when I kind of fell in love with Nick Cage when he decided to steal a baby. In a comedy, I'd like to point out, where he and his wife, Holly Hunter, stole a baby mm. and John Goodman escaped prison and then also tried to steal a baby from them. Of course, talking about the family-friendly comedy Raising Arizona. <laughs> I mean, I saw it. I knew it was that year and I knew it was going to be your list. I'll be honest. I know. There's a few years I know what you're going to pick just because I, I know you. I don't think that's the only Coen Brothers film in your... Uh... You might be right. Mate, I'm just going to tell you now, Francis McDermott's in that film. No, no, that may mind come up a bit later as well. 88, of course, is Die Hard. I've got Die Hard. It's going to be Die Hard. It is Die Hard. Is it, do you know what? There were some other ones in there. Um, 
But were there were there really like bearing in mind that when we started this series one, episode one, sorry, of the three of us, two of you picked Dard, and I said I probably should have picked Dard. You know, it's your favorite action movie. Yeah, um, I also had in the contention possibly who framed Roger Rabbit. Of course, obviously. <laughs> I, I think Diod not only takes the box for the film that I've seen the most, my favourite film, and just genuinely tops most of my list. Diod is always going to be Diod. That is the first thing I wrote on this piece of paper. Diod, nineteen eighty eight is it's we've said it all before. We may have the same for eighty nine. I generally think we do. So there's two. Oh, it could have been see no evil, hear no evil. It could have been. But it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You mean it wasn't Batman, which I always thought was 99, but that, no, this Batman's is, this 89. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is where we, uh, this is where you get different ones depending on which website that you go. Well, I'm quite surprised that you didn't go for 1989. What? 1989, Tango and Cash, the last film of the 80s, mate. But that's that's why, James, because it's so, it was it was released on like literally the last day of the 80s. So it's technically a nice movie. Uh, to be fair, I've also gone Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's Indiana. It hurts not to put Batman or see no evil, hear no evil. Mm. Um, but it is, it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Because it, again, like Die Hard, not only is it my favourite film of that year, it's probably top five films of all time. This one fucking hurts. I had trouble with this 90, one. I had to go, if I'm going down the route of the film I've watched the most, the film I'll probably watch every single year, the film that is one of, it's not Christmas unless you're watching Home Alone. I didn't even, mate, I didn't even think about Home Alone. Home Alone is 1990s, uh, for me. That, I watch it every year. It's the, it's one, it's definitely watching it with uh, my daughter when she's old enough to watch films. I can't wait to watch it this year. It, it, I just thought, Home Alone is awesome. Home Alone. I, I genuinely went brutal with this one. I There were two films that came out that are mob-related in this year, and I think they've been genuinely the best films of the mob genre, and the mob genre is fantastic. I, one of them, we've already mentioned the Coen brothers, so Miller's Crossing was genuinely on the list. I was like, how could I not put Miller's Crossing in it? But then, like you said, a film that I've watched time and time again, and it doesn't matter what year it is, I always go back to it, and it's the Joe Pesci performance in Goodfellas with Robert De Niro and obviously the the late Ray Liotta. It's Goodfellas for me, mate. You, it's, it's a slice of pizza. It's good. Uh, yeah. That's terrible, by the way. I feel like I should quit. It's interesting you're going for Goodfellas. Yeah? Because you are the mob guy. I, I, you're I, the mob I, guy. I am the mob guy. You know, yeah. you know, you know, you're saying you're so there? mob. I want to I call you Pauly. <laughs> just like... I've, I've got the mop swept of a gangster. <laughs> just like, you know, in a heated room, he's just sweating, but no one says nothing because I kill you. He sleeps with the fishes. Yeah, see, I don't God, think... Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't think you're top... I don't think you're the top of the uh, the chain. I'm never. I think you're, I, and, and I don't think you're the hitman. I think you're the guy that's in the mob that clears the bar out. You know, you go in, you're like, come on, guys, leave. And then they don't leave. And you're like, well, I warned you. And then the heavies come in. Mm. You're like the you're like the nice guy in the mob. Oh, thanks. You give him a heads up before shit goes sour. It's time for you to leave. Otherwise, Paulie's coming in. 1991. Easy for me, this one. A film I'm so passionate about. Silence of the Lambs. It's on the list. It ticks mate. everything I need from a for a horror, from a thriller, from performances to story. Christ, that film was dark when I watched it. I was like, he wants to do what with women's skin? Like, dude, I'm not going to ski, but the size of that spider is massive. Where he's up there? He's it's all right. He's not near you, but I'll tell you if he comes near you. Oh my god, mate! I fucking hate spiders. Arachnophobia not on the list. Don't be a dick. All Where right. is it? Kill it. No, you, he's, he's, he's all right. He's, he's, he's not looking at you. You better not be. I'll, sorry, I couldn't. Is he round the corner? I know Mate, it's a podcast you... and no one else can see this, but a spider came into my eye line. 
And uh, he's, he's This right. isn't the first time we've done these podcasts where Giant Spider's just randomly come in. And, what, you're making me nervous looking I'm just up. making sure that he goes the other way. Is he right. going the other way? No, he's going, in, he's going into the roof. Oh, that's fine. I can't see the roof. Yeah, he's gone. Right, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm the mob. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the mob. Oh, one. yeah, I take all that back. I take all that back. I'm the mob. Right. I'm fucking terrified right now that a spider is near me. Yeah, yeah, you're not poorly. I, I... <laughs> well, speaking of sensitive men, 991. Right, so I don't know how you did your list, but I, there were films. I was like, really love this film. It'd be really good to talk about this. So I got them up. Fuck off, mate. Why it's you? Not, I'm just making sure it's not come back. What is your 91? Anyway, so I, I had Silence of the Lambs, obviously, but yeah. then, but because I did like films I was trying to get in first, a second place I got backdraft. <laughs> <laughs> but then, fucking 991, mate. Terminator 2 is the best action film. I love Terminator 2. It's probably the best action film yeah, of all actually, time. Yeah, actually, actually got good call. Good call with Terminator 2, to be fair. I yeah. did, um, I did, I, I watched, really weird you say backdraft. I watched like, some audition videos for Backdraft to that. I saw Robert Downey Jr.'s what, audition video. weird. Yeah, it just popped up. It was like, oh, he's like, yeah. Um, do you think it's because... Obviously, he didn't get the role, but... Do you yeah. think it's because we shared, like, social duties and everything that... Oh, my... Oh, that's not that bad. Sorry, the spider's just come back. It's shadow is his worst thing. No, I'm fine he's with that. He's coming towards me now. If he comes towards me, I'll lead button. I'm actually okay with that. Okay. I'm fine with that. If Seriously, it needs to fuck off. <laughs> What about that giant snake behind you? I'm, fi- I'm fine with snakes. I'm fine with snakes. I'm not fine with snakes. Oh, what year are we on? 92. 92. Mate, speed up. This <laughs> has got enough. <laughs> Why is his shadow so menacing? Do you want me to get rid of it? Are you not going to be able to concentrate for the episode unless I get rid of this spider? Pause it. <laughs> Pause the episode. I want people to hear. No, it's fine. I can do it. Okay. When was arachnophobia? Uh, I love the film right Genuinely, yeah. well, that might be good. That might be worth doing as well. About favorite at some point. It's a play by play. Yeah, I genuinely, I genuinely like the film. Also, it's John Goodman, and I'm a slut for the Goodman. Yeah, what's his name in that? Um, uh, he died recently. Julian Sands. Is he dead though? Because they found a body. He went hiking, and then they found a body, didn't they? I thought they, I thought they had, it had been announced that it was Julian Sands because Julian Sands I only know from Arachnophobia. Then like a thirty year gap, randomly the villain in twenty four. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was in uh, he was in a two part TV adaptation of a Stephen King film called Rose Red. Um, Shocking! That was, that was quite good though. That was. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, nine nine two. It's got to be Aladdin. I knew you had Aladdin because yours was quite yours was quite predictable for that one because I knew you were gonna have Aladdin. But then, like, but then I was like. Mine's equally, mine's unforgiven. It just as equally as fucking. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I was about to go Beethoven. When you went, mine's, mine's as predictable. I nearly went, oh, is it Beethoven then? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about, I forgot about that, that Oscar winning Western. <laughs> Do you know what else came out that year that we didn't even talk about? Reservoir Dogs, the first bad lieutenant. And then I've got here yeah, Aaron's Choice, Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah, yeah. It was a big, big year, 92. We did a whole episode on 92. And I think we crowned Unforgiven as the best in Aladdin as my personal because it was the first film yeah. we saw at the cinema. Um, but that was a cracking year. That was that was the first year where I was like, oh, that's difficult. But then there really wasn't. <laughs> Unforgiven. 93, I've got two films, very different ends of the spectrum. I think my number one from 93, which we talk about loads in this podcast, we've done an episode on it, and I think is genuinely maybe the top five films of all time, mm. is Jurassic Park. Uh, do you want, I'm going to stop you before you even get on to say, go on and say, I've agreed with you, Jurassic Park, uh, 993. I don't understand how how graphics are worse now. I know we use mm. physical effects, but they also use some CGI and they're still somehow better than the effects you get 20 years later. It just, the, I, I re-watched today the scene of Malcolm uh, talking to, um, 
what's his name? Sir Richard Attenborough. The, the villain uh, of the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's his name in it? Um, Hammond. Hammond. Jo- John Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. Oh, Richard, John Hammond. John, yeah. Whichever one is. No, I think um, the actor's name is Richard and he's John Hammond. Yeah. yeah. So I watched the scene in that today, you know, where they're at the, you know, the spared no expense scene. And then afterwards when they're sat there and he's like, you know, uh, it gives the whole monologue around, you know, you're playing with God and you shouldn't have done yeah. this and you're too busy thinking if you could and you shouldn't have stopped to ask yourself if you actually should. And I watched the scene and I thought, that is absolute perfect delivery. Yeah. Uh, from Jeff Goldblum. If you watch that scene and watch what he does and how he bangs on the table, I, I genuinely think that is some of the best acting in any film where it's so pivotal pivotable because as an audience member you're not meant to go into that film being like fucking dinosaur park sounds like an awesome idea yeah why is this a bad thing what a stupid idea to try and do that you know and yeah so i've jurassic park now the other film though jurassic park is the best film but this would be criminal if you don't mention awesome grommets i'm sorry mate Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... Schindler's List can fuck right off. What? Who gives a shit about that? Schindler's what? What's that? I, I, Wallace yeah. and Gromit, James. Never heard of it. <laughs> Moving on to 94. Nin- good, another good, good year. Good year, 94. believe 94 has got... It's, it's the number one of... My problem with 994 is it's always the Shawshank Redemption. People talk about the Shawshank Redemption like it's their favourite. It's the best film of all time. It's Highest argu- on IMDb. It's arguably up there with Citizen Kane as a film that you can't even consider calling yourself a film fan unless you've seen this <laughs> How film. How did he put the poster back on the wall, James? I haven't gone with that. Mm. I've gone with Bring Me Everybody. Yes, this is what I put. I put Leon. Yeah, Leon. I, I put this, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm scared to make my legs cross again, not because the spider gets to destroy your Cause, microphone. Because it's what pissed the spider off the first time. <laughs> Actually, it's a good point. <laughs> the rumbling. Uh, Leon's fantastic. You, Gary Oldman in, and everyone says this, everyone talks about Gary Lynn. Uh, Gary Lynn again. <laughs> Different movie. <laughs> that would have been epic. Um, everyone talks about this film. Um, however, for me, it's the genesequa of being an absolute psychopath by wearing what looks like a very comfortable linen suit. Yeah, never forget a linen suit. I think it's my favourite Gary Oldman performance. Yeah. It's so good. And Leon was there. I mean, there are other contenders. Speed, Speed and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, they're, obviously they're big ones. I, I think Leon's my favourite and probably the one I've watched the most. Leon is fantastic. Ninety five again. Three very different films for the top spot for ninety five for this, me. Mate, this is the hard. This is the hardest year so far. Seven, Jumanji and Toy Story were the three films that I was like, which one have I seen the most? I think you might go to the Toy Story, you know, because it's, it's the first 3D film. Was it Was it genre-inspiring? But then again, it's probably seven. Was seven it, this but then again, Jumanji capturing the audience. And like, I was eight when I watched that film. <laughs> eight or nine. I mean, what a ball game that comes to life with Robin Williams. And this is why I put Jumanji in, actually. Oh, did you put Jumanji? Uh, well, no, it's why I put, I put oh, it as right, a reference right. point. I think it's seven. I, th- I think me being me, seven is is, is a bit of me. That it, it's I like you know it's up there with Silence of the Lambs in in terms of psychological horror and thriller. But I think there's something about Jumanji and Robin Williams that when I was doing this list, I was like, that that is an actor that has left a gigantic hole in like I think a lot of cinema goers' uh, lives. Yeah, like a talent in that man, and he was you know, and, and I get that no one is here forever. But I think Ron Williams was such a like, sh- so sad that when he went. And when I was thinking back to this list, I was like, 
Ron Williams was like the guy when I was growing up. He was. So yeah. many of his films I, I knew. And then as I turned more adult, so many of his more adult movies. And I'm not jumping straight to like Insomnia and One Hour Photo. I'm talking more like. I sat and tell man. Or, or Patch Adams, you know, or or um, What Dreams May Come. You know, the, the guy had range. That's the one of all his list that I haven't seen that I want to see. No, but, is it Beginnings as well? Awakenings. Awakenings. That's the good one. I do want to watch that one, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's a good movie. Yeah, Williams is awesome. And so I put Jumanji in here as well because as a as a kid watching that film, again, I think we rented it around Christmas time. This I did it's just it was huge. It was massive that film. But, but I, I think it's seven. The th- mate, of the list of the films I was considering, some of these might be a joke. Seven, Heat, Toy Story, Casino. Apollo 13, you haven't mentioned. Possibly mm. contention. Obviously, Jumanji. You forgot about the classic the net. You, oh, for, yeah. you forgot about Twelve Monkeys, and I don't. I think this is obviously a mistake because it should be your number one. Mortal Kombat was released there. The Paul WS and so on. Huge fan, right? I mean, there's only so many like <laughs> great films I can put on my list. <laughs> you need to put in an occasional <laughs> shit one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you now that none of those are my choice. Uh, you can't talk about a director because it turns out he's a scumbag, and you can't talk about the main actor because he's a scumbag. But it's one of my favourite films of all time. It's The Usual Suspect. I'm sorry, but I have to... I don't want to talk about it. It is one of my favourite films of all time. I love it. It's, it's, it's my choice of 995. But I can't talk about Benicio Del Toro doing a fart and it meaning that it took two days to film one 30-second scene. I think it's a good choice. Like I said, it's a good movie. So, it's a good yeah. movie. Judge the work, not the person. Exactly. Uh, 96, I know you've put Fargo. Maybe I put a time to kill or train spotting or The Rock or The Rock or I James in the Giant Peach. I didn't do any of those things. I picked Fargo with, <laughs> with with Francis McDermott, mate, and the Cohen Brothers. I think if if I had to go for what my favorite film is of that year, it's The Rock. Yeah, mate, you know the I think you if know I had the to words. go for the film that I've seen the most. It's The Rock. Yeah, I I think though in my heart I want it to be James in the Giant Peach, but I think it's The Rock. <laughs> I used to, I'll be honest, this is weird. Bear in mind, we haven't planned this. I used to fancy the spider. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one in this room, no, apparently. Not the one in this room. But, but she had like a gentle quality about her. I quite liked her. Oh, he's gone, mate. I've oh. been keeping an eye on him this entire time. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. 97. I only put one down for this, 97. We talked about it on our 97 episodes. I'm going back to my reoccurring thing with this film, uh, this list is films that absolutely captured my imagination. And from, yeah. the, from the get-go to the... To the to the end sequence was a spectacle, and Men in Black in '97, I think, was that for me. And you can't go wrong with that. I I've got a buddy cop type situation as well. However, mindset in the the golden age of Hollywood, I've got an LA Confidential. That's right, redacted back because I <laughs> am a slut. <laughs> but I found him. He's there behind you. Like literally, he's there. Look on the, on the bookshelf, reading books. He's going for me books. How <laughs> <laughs> do you over there? Yeah, I, I wish I knew. He's much bigger than he looked on the ceiling. I know. <laughs> but he's near he's your problem now, not mine. And don't throw it. Like, well, let's just evaluate the room uh, I'm in. What weapons have I got if he did come at me? I've got a can of WD-40, which, yeah, I needed the other day. <laughs> and a couple of books. I think I could beat him. I think you could beat him as well. But, but unless he gets the WD-40 first. <laughs> I will, uh, will endeavour to finish my drink put him in a glass and take him outside. The only humane way to go. Um, yeah, um, LA Confidential. Unfortunately, the next few years, mate, very predictable for old James. Very predictable. But LA Confidential is one of the best police stories of all time. Some terrible accents, but if you can get through Farmer Hoggett's Irish accent, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, you know the next one. Untouchables. 
Fuck off. <laughs> 98, mate. What's your 98? What do you think it is? Babe? It could be Babe. But it's John Goodman. It's fucking Jeff Bridges. Oh, of course it is. It's yeah. the Big Lebowski. Of course it is, it is yeah. Coen Brothers, perchance, maybe. Sorry, I, I, for some reason I thought that was 99. No, so I Googled all of these and I think these are the American ones and mm. that's where I guess we probably should have said at the start. I used, I used the internet. <laughs> I, I knew about the basket was going to be on your list. Probably you knew Truman Show was going to be on mine. That's my 98. Yeah, I think that was actually a really good year because you also had Saving Private Ryan and a film that we always forget about, American History X, which is genuinely a great film that's really horrible to like. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was one of the movies where I think when I watched it, I was like, yeah, one and done. Oh, I get it. I, I you know, and, and I've read more about it since. And the troubles with making the movie and going against the kind of the author's will and everything. But I've never rushed back to be like, do you know what I really want to see some curb stomping? I want to see some racism. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, no. It's... I, one of the hardest ones was 999. Yeah, I'm big year. Everyone wanted to end, you know, go to the millennium with the top film, didn't they? I think I cowered it out. So the choices in my head with like the Green Mile, Office Space, uh, I love the Blair Witch Project for what it did. For cinema, you know, it was different. And then this one was my number one choice. It's bringing out the dead, the Martin Scorsese, Nicholas Cage film, which is criminally underrated. It's got Ving Reams and Tom Sizemore, mm. Patricia Arquette. I genuinely think it's brilliant. But then, I don't, mate, I know you don't like him, but there's something about, and it's not that you dislike him. He chews scenery and he's not that good. And he even questions how good he is. But being John Malkovich was, what it, it was an experience, mate, I'll never forget watching. I think that is the best Malkovich, though. It's when Malkovich goes into his own head and then oh, yeah, yeah. it is right. Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. And even the baby. <laughs> Malkovich. Um, so I, I think I've, I think I've copped out. I feel like half my heart says bring out the dead, but my other secondary heart, <laughs> which is what I've gone with. You like Doctor Who, obviously. <laughs> says, says, no, you go with, go with that. I, th- I think, uh, I think you're right though in that I think being John Malkovich was a, an awakening in me of, of seeing like, a film, a film that isn't mainstream, and was it maybe my first introduction to kind of indie love? Yeah, you know, because I think, and I think Cusack was that, you know, in some of his films, you know, around that time. Um, but yeah, they didn't didn't make my list. I mean, for me, the big ones for that year. I mean, similar to to you about you know in your heart, Sixth Sense, similar to Blair Witch, because Sixth Sense, what it did to the, to the genre. Yeah. Um, and again, massive twist. Everyone was talking about it. Um. Phantom Menace because it brought back Star Wars. No one's no one's putting that. No, but no, but you got to remember this list is about the film you've seen the most and and what you love. And I love Star Wars. And, yeah. And there is a lot to love of Phantom Menace. Even you weird know, year, wasn't it? It's yeah. was proper weird that this comes out. But there's Unbreakable. There's uh, Memento. Um, there's oh, Bru- no, I've got Memento is two thousand. Oh, they're two thousand. Sorry, I'm reading yeah. my long one. Uh, America Pie. Sorry, is ninety nine. Juice Bigelow. Fucking hell. Uh, they're all there. The, the but big no, kids. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the Mummy. Good shout. We maybe it's the Mummy. Recently. I think fun. again, really, really fun film for '99. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. 2000, mate. So I, it's between two, and do you want to see the Coen Brothers again with Oh Brother Art Thou? Not me. I did like that film. I do love that film. It, what, I've got Oh Brother Where Art Thou, American Psycho. It's the first time I really got into Christian Bale, who I think is generally in the next. He has dominated. Probably other than who's the guy that just does films to win Oscars? He's always in Lincoln. Daniel Day Lewis, mm. like other than Daniel Day Lewis, who's on a tier on his own. 
Christian Bell's probably like, if you're doing a film, that's that's who you try first. We're doing Batman, ring him. Or we're doing a period drama, ring him. Mm. Oh, he's not doing that. He's doing Thor 3. Okay. Um, but for me, new contender, I think coming to Hollywood with Christopher Nolan, telling you a story that goes backwards, it's Memento, which, which again, in my informative years, was such a great film to see a director that told a story backwards. Mate, ask Hawks. I want to see what this guy was going to do. I'm just going to tell you now, the Coen brothers, they've got competition from Mr. Nolan on my list, which yes, I've been keeping a track of who, how many times I've picked him. Nolan has entered the game. I put Memento. Yeah, you did. And I need, and, but then I was, I was pulled between Unbreakable. Yeah. Because I really liked that. It was different. Idea, that concept. I liked the performances in that film as well. They were good. Obviously we had Bring It On that year. Uh, <laughs> mate, mate. <laughs> I don't know which film that was. <laughs> bring the last dance. Is that one? <laughs> bring the last dance. Save the last dance, James. There's a, whole, there's a whole load of genres like Kite Ugly where I don't know the storyline. I don't know why they're going to cheerleading school or, or tryouts or whatever it is. I don't know why she needs to save the last dance. I don't know what why the coyote is so ugly. There's so many movies that I, I don't I don't ugly. remember. Um Bedazzled that year, I think, was a just a, an absolute brilliant performance by Liz Hurley in that film. Yeah, um, watched that film so many times, uh, just because of the performance. It I'm was, sorry, is it, that your choice? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, weirdly, the cell, the oh, Jennifer mate, Lopez. I, you know what? I know you quite well. I didn't fucking see that one coming. Jennifer cell, Lopez what? and uh, Vince Vaughn, and also Kingpin. They got Kingpin, Kingpin, yeah, Kingpin, Vincent Dinfaro in it, yeah. Um, that film, I remember watching that. I remember renting from Blockbuster and then getting home and I was like, holy shit, like, we're, like ahead of its time in the sense yeah. of like going into a serial killer's like head because they're in a coma to try and find where the last victim is being held. And like, I kind of knew Vince Vaughn at the time from some comedies and this wasn't a comedy, obviously. And it was Very artistic. Artsy, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was bizarre. And I, I remember thinking, it was a film that I watched being like, you know, it's one of the films that you remember where you're like, oh, right, so film doesn't need to be like three acts of Matthew McConaughey racing to the wedding at the end of the third act. It was like... But they, but was they should be. Dark and <laughs> twisted and weird and horrible. And and yeah, I, I, you know, and like, and in it, I remember being young and it's like, yeah, he, he bleaches the bodies after he's killed them because they remind him of toy dolls that he wasn't allowed to play with. And I was like, Fuck, this is fucked up. I'm all about this. Do you know what's really weird about the cell is I think I've only ever seen it like once or twice. It, to me, it's, it was always on Channel 4. Mm. Like, it was always on Channel 4 and it, like Thursday night and I never really caught it. I want to watch it again. It's on the list. If I'm making a list. So I don't know about you, but when I was going through list of films, I had a separate list of films I want to watch. Yeah. And the cell, I'm going to add to it because it because there were loads of films I missed in these years or haven't seen in a while. It was really great. It was like a great reminder. So if you just Google like best films of 2011, I used the the Moby website. They had a list of 50 what they thought the top films were and then I obviously used Wikipedia and IMDb. But to try and narrow it down, just to look at like oh, what were 50 good films and then go from there and like type in my... It was really good mm. and the cell wasn't on it so it's good to like branch out. I'll add the cell because it's been so long since I've seen really want to watch that. Yeah, it's, an, it's an odd one. And just to, just so anyone listening, not the John Cusack, Stephen King, Samuel Jackson cell, which is god awful. Don't make that mistake. You only make that mistake. You once. only make it once. <laughs> John, John Cusack still not in my good books from that. Um, well, maybe he's in your good book because in, do you know what? Two thousand and one, I had Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring, but then I realised, fuck that, spirited away, dude. 
I had Lord of the Rings and then I had Spirited Away. Spirited Away. And the thing, what I can't decide though is if I'm staying true to my list, it's which one have I seen the most? Well, it would be Lord of the Rings. Probably Lord of the Rings. But, but that's, it came to life. I fucking, mate, people ask me why I love Spirited Away so much and I just sound like a kid going, it was brilliant. It was, yeah. I, I couldn't decide between the two. They're, they're, yeah, that's what I put. Uh, this carried on with 2002 when I went off the deep end. I really like the film adaptation. I think it's brilliant. It's one of the, it's a film I didn't see coming in at Charming. It was also the year it's I... It's the one that links back to John Markovich, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. But I didn't go with that. I could have gone with Bowling for Columbine, which was a documentary that came at the right time when I was like exploring my political opinions and Michael Moore... Michael Moore one, Michael yeah. Moore was very good in that. However, I fucked that all off. I bought a film on on a DVD called City of God, a Brazilian story about the slums oh, and the yeah, rise. Yeah. It was one of the best films I've ever, I still put it in my top 10, it's mm. City of God, 2002. A subtitled film, which is a joy. And if anyone ever says, oh, I'm thinking about going foreign cinema, you go City of God because it's phenomenal. So, it's big year for Mel Gibson. Not his biggest year. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but Signs and We Were Soldiers. And, and you got to remember, you got to remember back back then, I was a Mel Gibson enthusiast. I I genuinely thought I was gonna like my job was gonna be to write his biography at one point because I I everything owned by <laughs> what Mel Gibson. in the two thousands nothing. Oh, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fine. Everything post Passion Passion of the Christ uh, is is blurry to me. Um, signs I loved, um, and I know I get a lot of flack for the water thing, but the Joaquin Phoenix performance, the crop circles, the the whole thing, it again captured my imagination of UFOs and aliens and small town drama and stuff. And but I I, I ultimately think it's Spider Man that year, Tom Maguire Spider Man. Yeah. I think that is the film. The buzz around it, the look of it, the effect. I hadn't seen an effect like that. The bit when he goes to save people from a building, burning building, and goblins in there, green goblins in there, it's like a booby trap. Mm. And he starts like the boomerang, the free boomerang like yeah. kind of dart things. And Spider-Man's like jumping in slow. I was like, I hadn't seen that stuff. You know, the superhero films at that time were not Spider-Man. They Toby were dead, Maguire dead was awesome. Yeah, yes. I, they did. Fantastic Four, the, the rubbish, you know, in comparison. This was great. And it, yeah, there are bits now when I look back and it's a bit corny, a bit cheesy, but Toby Maguire was my Spider-Man. 2002, I'm giving it to Toby. And I don't think that many people would disagree with you. Um, however, in 2003, mate, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I, I, I've denied Fellowship. I've denied the two towers. In 2003, it's hard to deny Viggo Mortensen returning as the king. Can I just say as well, there's a YouTube series out there, it's a few years old, where a gentleman has replaced all the orcs' dialogue with the same dialogue but spoken normally, and it's one of the funniest fucking things. He's like, come on, boys, let's go get them. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Just type into YouTube, like, orcs speak normal. It's fucking phenomenal. Anyway, Return of the King. When I watched it in the cinema, I, I've thought this film was cr- so long, like you could have ended mm. at any point. However, when you watch all three of them back to back, no, it ends perfectly. It needs to end this way. I love Return of the King, and it's a film that grew on me. Yeah, so that's... I. I'm weird because I, Two Towers was the one that everyone raved about, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it had the best battle in it. But I, I was always preferred. This, I was. I thought they went one, two, three. But but 2003, I remember Return of the King. It was a spectacle. I went to the cinema twice to see that. I it was brilliant. I really loved the first one. I love the first one. I love all three of them. It's, I still it's hard. think I'm the first. I I think I always. It's the Star Wars thing. I think mm. I always go back to New Hope as my favorite because it got us on the way. I loved the start of an adventure. I'm a slut for the start of an adventure. Wow, mate, you love the start. Point it out there. I am. 
<laughs> I'm not about the end. I'm about the journey. You're all about the introduction, mate. The conclusion could fucking see. <laughs> fucking can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm all about, get me back to Hobbiton now. <laughs> I want that I forward, want that mate. I, I, you, know, the, you know in Lord of the Rings and the first like first books is about wars hundreds of years ago that don't affect the story at all. You're mm. all about that. You're like, yeah, tell me about Tom Bombadon. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> Keep your secrets. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I will, mate. <laughs> I'm never late or rather that's what yeah. I mean to. All right. But you're fucking late. <laughs> just because you were just because you meant to arrive late, that means you're rude. Yeah. Do a <laughs> no one calls him on his shit, does it? Do a cup of tea. I'm not gonna tell you when it's coming. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, I I mean for me, oh three, I think for the the sheer force of acting across three Three main actors, but then the older I get, I realise the fourth character in the background fucking stole it. Mystic River. And what I mean by yeah. that is Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon, and of course, Sean Penn winning the Oscar um, under Clint Eastwood's direction for, for Mystic River. But then the older you get and you rewatch it and you realise Laura Linney in Laura four scenes steals it at the end of that film. Seriously, look, Laura Linney in that film is top. It, it's so good. And She's I Lady Macbeth's everywhere. She fucking does. And I watched that film and I loved it the first time I watched it. And I remember I told everyone about that film. I was like, you fucking got to watch this. It's a mystery in that you don't know who's done it. The reveal is smart. You're like, oh, it, yeah, it was, you know, it was there. You could have figured it out, but you, you know. I always forget Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Well. He's the Kevin Bacon's cop partner. He fucking it's good out. cast, good yeah. cast. And, and I just thought it was brilliant. And I rewatched it and it was just as good. It's one of them that I watched few and far between, but for me, 03, Mystic River. Let's go 04, another, another tough year, this one. Two films I couldn't narrow it down to. Right, so I'd be interested what you want to because my heart said Hellboy because I love Hellboy and but people yeah. should watch Hellboy. But unfortunately, Kate Winslet got together with a certain Jim Carrey and gave us one of the best films of all time in Eternal Sunshine and Spotlight. It was brilliant. It's different as well. It's, like, yeah. it's not a romantic story. It's a... It's a memory story. It did. Eternal Sunshine was the first one I wrote and maybe is the top one, but then I cannot stop thinking about a certain Mr. Creasy in Man of Fire. It's weird, isn't it, that that's on my list, but I didn't even think about it on this one. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I can't distinguish the two. I think I love them both as much. They're so different. Eternal Sunshine, I've seen Man of Fire more times, 100%. If really? we're, we're going to stick by that. Me. But, I do love Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind. 2005, I'm going to shock you here, mate. I'm going to absolutely come out of nowhere for this. It's a film that I love and I talk about, but I know for a fact there's loads of people. So this is the three years that this came up. I have picked a film which I just went, no, fuck it. I want to talk about a film that I love. I think it's one of the best films ever and people don't talk about it. And 2005, with Jason Reitman, Reitman, uh, had a film with Aaron Eckhart it's called Thank You for Smoking which is about a lobbyist yeah, yeah. for a big tobacco company who basically is outed by William H. Macy who gives the phenomenal line the great state of Vermont will not apologise for its cheese make lines like that are going to put you on my list and immortalise them forever if you've not seen Thank You for Smoking it's a grand film I thought you were going to go Serenity yeah it's possible, but, but I went with no because I talk about Serenity all the time Thank You for Smoking is probably I think it's one of the most underrated films of all time. You know what, in hindsight, I should have gone to Rene. I, I, I went um, a weird one because I, it's by no means the best movie of that year. But when I had to think about it, it's the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds movie. Oh, did we disagree mostly on that one? No, but hear me out for, for the reason being. Visually, it was stunning. Spielberg captured this idea of like, it bubbles. I love a film like this where it kind of starts... 
the town folk are like, what was that? You know, and everyone's rushing to it. And then you know, because you know what the film is, what's about to happen. And hmm. I love the kind of how they emerged. And then I just remember watching it thinking, I was blown away by like this continual camera shot. And Children of Men came out at the same time, around about the same time. So it's, it's kind of like long shots were kind of coming more fashionable. Yeah. There's a scene where Tom Cruise is running and people are blowing up and dust is like all over him, you know, and then windows break and he jumps through it. And it's like, that all looks awesome. And then there's a highway scene later on where the car, where the camera is moving through the car oh, in, a, in he, a fluid the, way that I was uh, like, how is he, how's, how's that happened? How are oh, they doing I you, that? I thought you were talking about a scene where you don't see what's happening then you realise you've seen a downed plane. That's really cool. As That's well. cool yeah. as well. Yeah, and all that stuff. And then of course the end, where every time I watch it, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, there's the whole ending where they are capturing people and then harvesting their blood on 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 crops and everything. I, I might. Do you know what? I believe we said this the last time you brought this up. I said, do you want maybe I'll give it a second go? And Tom Cruise doesn't play to type. He's a shit dad. Do you know what? That's he's what... a shit. He's a, his girl is to is to pawn his kids off to the mum and dad uh, to the mum and stepdad. Yeah, because he's not a dad. I agree with that. But do you know what my biggest problem is? I hate the son. I I want the son to die. Mm. I, I I'd be. Do you know if the son died at the beginning, I'd be happier. I, I feel like the, do die. The challenge with it is, is that it goes from. Big spectacle to the end is essentially the villain's Tim Robbins. Yeah. You know. She's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> In a film by Aliens, it's Tim Robbins. But Dakota Fanning, I mean, what what a year. I mean, she, you know, Man of Fire and then War of the Worlds. I mean, Dakota Fanning, a it's phenomenal actor. She owned them years. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I didn't see that one coming. I, 06, I, I love my 06 pick. When I wrote it, I was satisfied, James, writing these two words. I believe that we've got the same one because I originally had The Departed and whilst I really liked the fact that Scorsese got to work with Nicholson and gave her a performance that was great in a film which also had DiCaprio and uh, what the one? Alec Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was, as a joke I was going to say Mark Wahlberg but then I realized, no he's in it. <laughs> he's in it. Yeah, yeah. Anyone from the Boston area is in this film. Uh, but I obviously went well, bearing in mind I think the greatest villain of all time is The, the Pale Man. I obviously went Pan's Labyrinth. Dude, we didn't go the same oh, way. Oh, we didn't go the same way. Oh, I do apologise. Where did you go? My film did have a pale man under the name of Mr. White. I went Casino Royale. Fuck. Is your one didn't even think about but, that. Do you know what? I saw, I, that, I, I saw, I saw Pan's Labyrinth. I, was I, like, I trade for Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> thinking about it, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, I love that film. I love that film. But again, going back to what have I seen the most? What What if I'm sat at home and, I'm, and it's on? To be fair, I would watch Pan's Labyrinth if it was on. It's what I picked Pan's Labyrinth, mate. They both got Mr. White. You can have Casino Royale. That's fine. If, Don't I'm, if I'm sitting on the sofa, though, and I, t- and I turn the telly on and it's like Casino Royale starting because there's some parkour because it's early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, fuck yes, I'm watching Casino Royale. Like, what a film. I went to the cinema to watch that and I shit you not, most of the people in the audience had taken the effort to put like tuxedos on. They were that like Bond is back. Yeah. It was a real spectacle. I felt really bad. Did I you like, you ordered bollocks? I was like, I was like shorts and like flip-flops. <laughs> Casino Royale, man. I, I, when I wrote it, I, I, I was like, fuck, I love that film. I genuinely thought you were going to get Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. To be fair, you know me more than I do. It's probably Pan's <laughs> Labyrinth, to be fair. Um, again, so this is another shout. 2007. It was really difficult not to put No Country for Old Men, which has got an absolutely phenomenal turn by Tommy Lee Jones, which I'll be honest, never saw coming. Mm. Tommy Lee Jones has always been like, yeah, he's all right. But Tommy Lee Jones in that, and you're fucking even Woody Harrelson like revived his career. Yeah. But I talk it's about- It's the first time he retired. <laughs> I talk about Danny Boyle all the time as one of my favourite directors, but I never write, really pick a film. I love Michelle Yao. I like Chris Evans. I like Killian Murphy. In 2007, he did the, the criminally underrated sci-fi super classic where the sun is dying 
and they have sent the Earth's second best <laughs> to reignite the sun in a fantastic film, which, which despite the third act change of genre, which has gone from epic sci-fi to kind of like slasher flick, I still love it, and I still love Sunshine. You should go watch Sunshine. It's one of Danny Boyle's best films. Sunshine is good. So I love Sunshine. Uh, Killian Murphy, who was in 2007, people were saying, people were, he was headlining. It took so long for him to get to the mainstream. But, you know, mm. I love Sunshine, mate. Sunshine all over the gaff. 07 is, for me, is Into the Wild. Yeah, was, I saw it. And, I I, I, and, and the reason I say that is because I had no, I had no interest in travelling. And then I watched that film and I was like, I'm going to go traveling. Yeah. I literally, like, the moment that film finished, like, all my friend, like, I was watching it, I think I watched it with, like, uh, our friend Kareem and Sam. I couldn't wait for them to leave because I was like, I just, I <laughs> think I need, I think I need here. to do this, like, kind of thing. And that film made a massive impact on me. And that's cool. But I think if it's, the, keeping back to the theme of my list, if it's the film I've gone back to the most, will watch the most, yeah. and can recite the most, it's Hot Fuzz. It's a hundred percent hot fuzz. <laughs> I will fucking talk you through that film, James. <laughs> it's really funny you should mention this because not only do I know what your two thousand and eight film is, I know that you watched it in New York City. Do you know what? There's fucking three movies. <laughs> There's three movies, man. It is that one. Yeah, it is that one. I have also faked that movie. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you don't know fan of the podcast or it's your first time listening, we rave about the Dark Knight. You've yeah. gone traveling. You want to see this film so much that you you saw it whilst traveling. So, yeah. so your Dark Knight is it's the one. It's the uh, I mean, Zell Papi, mate. In Bruges was in there and Taken yeah. was in there because no one saw that straight to DVD Liam Neeson <laughs> movie being the fucking epic that it was. Do you know, there's also another film that came out that I always think is criminally underrated that we always talk about how great it's Gran Torino. That came out that year. Yeah, it was a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clint Eastwood playing a racist so well as well. <laughs> but it's okay because he dies at the end. It does and he gives his car to the Asian family. So it's, it's racism solved. It's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, 2009, after the... Uh, mate, this is a, another pull that I've done. I really like the indie film Fanboys, but I don't love it enough. But there's a film that I watched last year. And when I was looking at these films, I was like, I really did like that film. It's Jason Rankman again. He's come out of nowhere. George Clooney is up in the air. That film that I talked about with George yeah, Clooney. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that film. I didn't realise how much I loved that film until, well, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it and I was like, oh, I really like this film. Opening was fantastic. If even thinking about it, I can't wait to rewatch it. Mm. So I, I, I took a shot. My third, my third kind of obscure film went, fuck it, Up in the Sky, which I watched on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there because I don't have Netflix. George Clooney, check it out. Up Anna the, Kendrick. I think it's still there, yeah. It's brilliant. It's got Vera Farming. Yeah, I know, like you, Vera. I do like Vera. Yeah, you do. 09, Coraline. I still haven't seen it. It's, it's just, it's stop motion. It's brilliant. It's Neil Gaiman. It's voiced. The voice cast is brilliant. Everyone from Keith Davis, Ian McShane, French and Saunders, Dakota Fanning again. Fucking you love the Fanning. It's just really, really good. And I watch it all the time. All the time. Um, it's dark. It's twisted. You know, it's about an other mother who lives through the wall who wants to steal her eyes. It's dark. It, it's just, But it's brilliant. And it's it's... I just watch it and I think, fuck, I wish I did stop animation for a job. Like, how proud would you be to, like, make something like that? It's incredible. Coraline is, uh, is it was straight away in 09. I think it was the second film I put on this list. I'm really, I'm, the next year, I'm really worried. I've seen what I've written and then I've seen what I could have put. And I've, I've, there's three films that I've got and they could be any one of them. Yeah, yeah. 
the one that I'm putting at third is because I I can't remember the last time I laughed so much at a, at a comedy I shouldn't have laughed at is Four Lions because <laughs> mate it's about a suicide bomber trying to blow up the London Marathon at a time where we really shouldn't have been laughing at suicide bombers yeah. but it was so like he accidentally blows up a, blows up a sheep and they talk about he's disrupted the infrastructure <laughs> it's fucking it's only British comedy as well that on play in America that's only Britain uh, but that is number three my because my, I've got three so my number three Paris with love. Fuck, I don't understand why you like that film so much. <laughs> it's, just, it's the only selling point. It's fucking George Ford shaved his head. But, <laughs> no, I think he was bored at the time and he just embraced it. But <laughs> I, the reason I like it is because, again, the people I was with when I was watching it, we put it on because it was a John Travolta film where he looked quite silly on the on the tag. And about 10 minutes in, you realise John Travolta is the fucking boy in this film. <laughs> just and motherfucker. It's funny. <laughs> and it, and it, like, again, shouldn't really laugh at it, but there's a table scene. There's a bit, like the moment the film moved on its axis was they're, they're eating dinner. He's invited as a guest and uh, by his colleague and they're having dinner with his colleague's wife and her friend. Yeah. And then he shoots she, one she of them in the head. Him, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that was a code word. And then the whole film changes from that moment onwards. Paris with love, mate. Inner number three. Uh, number two. It's, this is what I'm genuinely, I could swap these. I feel like I should. Stick to what I've written. I've gone True Grit, which is genuinely an amazing film with Jeff Bridges and Hayley Stanfield. Oh, fuck it. I really wish I put True Grit at number one. Number no. two, I put Shore Island. Sure, it's, it's all right. And I'm quite happy. Do you know what? No, I'm going to stick with nine. Sure, Alan's good. Mark Ruffalo is an actor I wish appeared more on my list. I'm, I'm, I'm a Ruffalo fan. Mm. My number one. Do you know what? I loved it. It's over the top. It's kind of cheesy. I like the gameplay aesthetics. I think Edgar Wright has perfected a special genre of film in Scott Pilgrim vs. World. And I fucking loved Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Yeah, that, that would be, that would, that, that's definitely a film I think very highly of. I don't, it's not like a go to, but I do love it. I think Black Swan is probably, the film that I picked is that, that year. I, do you know what? Black Swan is so good, but I never want to feel that shit about myself that I'll ever oh, put I'm it all back about on that. again. If I have a choice, it's, you know, Scott's earned self-respect, levels up. I like that. Yeah. Also, it's probably Michael Sears' best role. Yeah. Other than when he played Alan in Barbie. Check it out. You've got uh, number, uh, 2012 then. No, got 2011. Oh, 2011. Yeah, 2011. Uh, went with my heart. I wanted to go drive, but if we're talking about films that I always put on and I rave about, I'm going Brad Pitt. I'm going Moneyball. I love Moneyball. I love baseball as a subject of film. I'm Good like, choice. I went Moneyball. Could, could not. I, uh, I I I put Drive. I think it is Drive. I think Drive is the best film from that it, year. It probably is. Best soundtrack. Most enjoyable. The most, the film that I certainly watched and was like, oh my God, that was cool. The, 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 the film where you went and won that fucking jacket. Yeah. so epic. But realising you can't pull off that jacket because no yeah. one can. You wanted Brian Cranston as your best mate. <laughs> but I, I think, I think the film that I watched the most and watched most with my mates at that time and enjoyed having pizzas and beers and watched this film. Cabin in the Woods, dude. I knew it when I saw it on the list, I thought you might like I it. I watched that film like four you, nights in a row. I know you did. You invited different friends each night. I think yeah. that was night too. I was just it was like just every night like do you want to come around and watch this movie it's fucking awesome it, 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 trust me it does not go where you think it's going to go I really like Cabin in the Woods that was a fucking great film it's the only downside is the woods bit it's like I just want to stick around with the other people the underground <laughs> I like yeah uh, the next year not even unapologetically I'll go with the perks of being a wallflower because I love it <laughs> that's it I like it that is the only film I have for 2012 James oh that's like I think it was mine as well shit year <laughs> there's got to be something else surely no 
Um, we'll go then for 2013. If you listen to this podcast, I think it drove him away the amount of times that I asked Sam, have you seen Snowpiercer yet? When was Snowpiercer? Obviously, the first appearance by uh, Boone Juno. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Evans, fantastic. Also, special mention, nearly put Blackfish on it because it made me do... Uh, uh, documentaries are cracking films. So you should always check a documentary out. Uh, criminally underrated because Hugh Jackman should have got an Oscar nom and that is Prisoners. Yeah, prison. Obviously, we talk about we talked about that very recently. Um, so, shall we just skip 2014 because we both got the same thing with J.K. Simmons, obviously smashing the fuck out of. Oh my god, have you not picked it? No, yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, no, exactly. but I have to give honourable mention to Grand Budapest Hotel as well as Whiplash. Oh, is that all you've got for that year? Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 Mate, they're I'm the just two. telling you, Birdman was that year. Oh yeah, no, no, Nightcrawler was yeah, that yeah, year. Yeah, Grand Budapest Interstellar was that year. They were all options, but at the end they, of the day, Whiplash. I mean, I, I saw mean, that film with your wife that, at a cinema screening. In fact, we've just we just found 2013 was when I fucking started hating the Oscars. Yeah. And bearing in mind, Crash had already won an Oscar by this point. You do you know how Crash didn't come up on your list? Do you know that Whiplash or fucking Prisoners didn't get any Oscar noms? Yeah. Or for lead performances anyway, when they should have done. Because Jake Gyllenhaal as Lewis Bloom in, in, uh, in yeah, Nightcrawler should have got an Oscar nom. And his, support, won it. and his supporting role in uh, Prisoners where Hugh Jackman should have got an Oscar nom. Fucking what a year. So if you know me, you know I love the film The Big Shot. However, nothing is being Spotlight, which I think is one of the best films ever made of all time. If cinema's made meant to make you feel things, Spotlight makes you feel uncomfortable. And uh yeah, and yeah. really uncomfortable. I went Spotlight and Spotlight was mine, yeah. It's great to see those performances back. Is that, I know Michael Keaton had been back, but that's when Michael Keaton was back. Mm. He was brilliant. I more uh my phone's just Locked itself two seconds. Oh, you went with the same one, didn't you? I went with Spotlight. 16, 2016 for me, two sci-fi movies, which are, I, I, I mean, Arrival is the right choice, but I know it's Rogue One. I went Arrival. I yeah, 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 it's Rogue One, mate. Them last five minutes. That film is brilliant, but them last five minutes is, is definitely special. Um, I know what you went with the next year as well, 2017. I had loads for this year. It was a very great year. I think the films that didn't make it for me, Lego Batman movie, the Shape of Water, the film that we watched that nearly started around the same time we started the podcast, Rigsby Bear was that year. Yeah. However, I know that you picked Logan because if you didn't, you were a slag. I did put Logan. Yeah, you did. did put, I did. I did. I mean, honourable mentions, Baby Driver. Oh, I didn't even... Oh, it's because of the word you Baby. You never just, really hear. Fucking hell, there's even more. Phoenix movie, Lady Bird, I, Tonya, uh, Ghost Story, which I love, the Casey Affleck movie, and uh, Rooney Mara. Um, but if you... Okja, Mother... Baywatch. It's weird that you haven't mentioned, I'm worried that you haven't mentioned the one half, but then maybe you hate it. Um, it's been a while. I think it's been about 20 years since I mentioned how much I fucking love Francis McDermott. So I'll just probably put it in here with um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri with a phenomenal, it's, it's Sam Rockwell like, that fucking shines in this film though. Yeah, I do love, I do love Sam Rockwell. I do love three billboards. I do love Francis McDermott. The problem is the film's not nice. The, the film's no, horrible. Because I, I nearly put Nomadland as well because of, because of McDermott, not for this year. Yeah, I don't. But, yeah, but it's funny you mention that. <laughs> I nearly put that because I do love McDermott, um, but no, I think I century to me, it's, it's Logan. I think Logan is the is the film for me. So that's 2017 again. 2018. It's only so. This is when the podcast is in display. And we've already named the film of the year. Yeah, and, and that is what I've put here. I've put. Well, we've mentioned two. We've put Mandy or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's into the Spider-Verse. It is. But Mandy's, Mandy's, the Nick Cage uh, fantasy, uh, fantastical horror is uh, 
Definitely up there. But it's into Spider-Verse. It's the greatest movie. So it, not only is it the greatest movie, it's probably the greatest superhero movie of all time. And do you know what's really funny? Do you know what else came out that year? Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't either one of us even thought to put it on there. Um, the next year, 2019, I've gone with something a bit controversial because this year, obviously, Endgame. Obviously, Parasite. Yeah. However, I stuck to what is true. And if we're talking about favourite films of repeatability, if it's on, you want to watch it. If I had a choice between those three films, I'm probably going Knives Out. And I know that's controversial. I went Knives Out. See, Parasite is the best movie, undoubtedly. Endgame was phenomenal to see the journey go to where it went to. But for me, it's Klaus. Mate, I didn't even think about it. Slut for animation. I'm going to watch it every Christmas. Probably, it, you it's want, Klaus. I, I change it, probably Klaus. Mm. Yeah, that's... Mate, I didn't even think about Klaus. That's disappointing, isn't it? Right, so I'm going to say 2020 is difficult because remember pandemic now. So there weren't that many films coming out. I went with Nomadland, but I'd like to point out that The Trial of the Chicago 7 was also one of those because yeah. I really like that film. But other than that, unless I've done bad research, I, there was nothing really sticking out for me that year. Promising Young Woman. I didn't see it. Oh, you definitely go watch that. Yeah, I remember you telling me about it. Great, great film. But you told me about it, which is why I didn't want to go see it. <laughs> I think uh, Boss Level on Amazon. You would love Boss Level. With uh, our podcast favourite, Frank Grillo. Yeah, more Frank Grillo, please. Uh, Eurovision with uh, Mate, Will Ferrell. That, that, no, because it brought Will Ferrell back, in my eyes, to, to doing goals. Like, Eurovision was a romp. Um, Tenant, because, you know, it did try a safe cinema. Did try. Uh, but it, it got loves it, a try. It, for, it's another round for me. It's another round. Another round was a great film with yeah. uh, Mads Mikkelsen. I, I fucking love that film. I absolutely thought that film was brilliant. Twenty one. So to... I've got a surprise for my twenty one. I think. Well, can I hear yours first? Because mine needs explanation. Last night in Soho. Did not see that. Edgar Wright making quite a few appearances in my list actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last night in Soho again. I, I think Thomas and Mackenzie in that movie is is phenomenal and. Yeah, I, I I just really enjoyed it. I just thought it was really, really good. And it was a film where I was like, oh, it's an 18, it's a horror. And then the, at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, that's got, got got quite bloody towards the end, actually, yeah. So in the Heights is what I've gone with. And there's a reason for that, because genuinely, for the longest time, it was Spider-Man No Way Home, which was great. But at the same time, I don't, I actually find that film exhausting to watch because of the amount of things that you have to love. In the Heights is a musical and I think it's more about the experience. I went to the cinema and I, I took Esther with me. It was our first kind of date. And Esther's love of my life and I'm going to marry her and I want everything with her. And I've never questioned any of that. And I fell in love with her during the course of a film. So it's the emotional attachment I've got to Into the Heights. Mm. She hums when she's doing housework or when she's studying, she'll hum songs from, and songs I hate, by the way. Like, Benny on the Dispatch is a shit song. But when Esther hums it when she's busy, it makes my heart melt. In the Heights is a film I'll always adore because I adore Esther. Mm. So In the Heights, it's, so we're talking about our favourite films and and we always say that films are about the emotions it inspires in you and it inspires in me an emotion I genuinely have never felt with anyone else. So I can't say that In the Heights isn't one of my favourite films of that year because of what it makes me feel. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's not Black Adam then? No, Black Adam go fuck itself. <laughs> um, 2022 though, mate, stick to type. I would not shut the fuck up about the film everywhere, every everything everywhere all at once and fuck it, that film is the the pinnacle of fucking greatness and, sausage fingers mate and like that Banshees of Inner Shearing <laughs> That's which, what was, number which, two. Was, which was the film I thought was my favourite that year but Glass Onion as well Glass and Onion's I actually think out. out of all of them I probably enjoyed the experience of Glass Onion the most yeah I've, I think because there's just something very special about 
Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. And just ensemble cast like that. Um, but I think, the, yeah, I, I, I stand by my goals. I like Banshees of Inner Sheeran, but I, yeah, I, I enjoyed the rollick that was Glass Onion. And then when we come to this year, and again, mine has some explanation because I generally couldn't pick between three films and it broke my heart kind of when I had to do it. Uh, number three, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which was when I talked about that film, was going to be the number one film I'd seen this year. Mm. And number two, and this is the heartbreaker, I went number two, Barbie. Oh. And the reason why Oppenheimer was number one was because, mate, I don't know about you, but until... I'm really glad I saw Arrival in 2016 on the big screen. It was something special. But since 2016, I've picked three billboards, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Knives Out, Nomadland, In the Heights, everything everywhere all at once. I didn't need to go to the cinema to see them. Cinema, to me, is it's not a spectacle like it was. However, had I not seen Oppenheimer on the big screen, mm. I'd have missed out on an experience. So Oppenheimer gets, the, gets just ahead of Barbie purely because Oppenheimer made me want to go to the cinema again. And that's like next level. So I just wanted a bit of explanation there. It's like 51 to 49. That's how much in my heart yeah. Oppenheimer be it. And... Because I haven't got because because I've got a kid and I've not been able to get to see Barbie or, or Oppenheimer. You went black out. I right? did go see <laughs> Asteroid City and I went with my wife and I love sitting next to her because she loves Wes Anderson movies. Um, but I also love the fact that she laughed. She was confused. She went what? <laughs> <laughs> like, There's there every emotion going on during that film. Yeah, uh, it's Asteroid City for me. This one, but it, I know it probably will be Oppenheimer or Barbie when I get around to it. Or Spider Man into Spider Verse. Yeah, across the Spider Verse. Of course, of course. That is our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know what your favorite movies are, uh, and if not, just it's a great exercise to just get a pen and paper out and start thinking about what were your favorite films. And do you, from and those years. if you use like other resources, you'll find some golden ones that you've missed out of, or if maybe you want to check out one of the films that you and I have mentioned. And uh, I'll tell you what, nearly made the list, which surprised me. I think it's two thousand fourteen. Moonrise Kingdom nearly made the list, mate, because that's a cracker of a film. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few that I, that I wanted to get on there, um, but uh, it, yeah, it's it's we could be we'll be here all night. If yeah, we exactly. Write every single one of them. So let us know which which ones have criminally under missed uh, in in these lists. But if that that's our show for this week, if I don't see you there, good afternoon, good evening, good night, goodbye. The spider's back. <laughs>